Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering... Do you remember the 19th episode of Season 2 of Radio Free Roscoe? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we do, or we're about to. I'm actually so excited for this episode. Yes. <laughs> that is to say, today we are looking at Season 2, Episode 19, The All-Nighter, which is absolutely iconic in my brain. Both of the plots in this episode are like very vivid, and I was wondering um, when we would get to this one. And realized oh, it was so late in the show. So this episode initially aired April 8th, 2005. It was written by Will McRobb and directed by Eleanor Lindo. And the fun thing about this episode is that it is in part a flashback episode. So we get <gasps> um, a couple of, of guest stars in this one. Uh, we get Evan Caravella as young Ray, Hannah Fleming as young Lily, and Mackenzie Grant as young Robbie. So we get to see our OG trio as kids, which is very sweet. Oh, I forgot about that element of this episode. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, the thing about the line is it's different every time. It's got to end, but you never know how it's going to end. Anything can happen. So we open on the gang in the hallway playing a little game of eeny, meeny, miny, mo because apparently there's a big truce concert and uh, there's going to be a kind of overnight line that you're going to have to wait in to get tickets. So they're trying to figure out who's going to get stuck waiting in line. And Parker comes up and she's like, oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, and they explain what's happening. She's like, oh, I'll do it. I love waiting in lines. <laughs> okay, <laughs> really, Parker. She's really big on waiting in lines. And I guess everybody is in on the whole Travis likes Parker thing now because Robbie's like, well, tell you what, uh, Travis will go with you. <laughs> yeah, Travis just, <laughs> just gets fallen told. <laughs> yeah. And Parker's like, cool, sounds fun. And she leaves and Travis is like, why do I feel like I've been set up? <laughs> So uh, very exciting after, you know, the setup of the last episode of um, Travis having a crush on Parker. We actually get to see the two of them like one on one in this episode. Ah. Um, But while they're doing that, uh, Ray, Lily and Robbie decide to do a very special all nighter RFR broadcast to, you know, do for the people who are waiting in line. And Lily has this kind of very like special surprise to go with it. And it is this time capsule that her and Robbie and Ray put together as kids, um, you know, at some point less than 10 years ago. Um, And she's like, I thought it'd be really fun, you know, in honor of this other all-nighter that we do this on the air and we open it up. And Robbie is unsurprisingly being a little baby about it because it's been (laughs) (laughs) it's been less than 10 years. Um, So he's like, guys, we can't do it. And, you know, Ray's down and... Lily's excited about it. So we uh, we very quickly delve into this the, the little flashbacks that we get of the three of them just being best buds as kids. They're and it's so, so cute. cute. They're so Aww. cute. Oh. The tiny the tiny trio is so so perfect. They're just like taking little snapshots and playing with slinkies and being adorable. <laughs> and like one of the items they pull out is the Polaroid that Robbie took that day. Oh, it's so <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it's really cute, like a little Polaroid picture of uh, of little Ray and Lily. But while that's going on, we get just the absolute chaos of Parker <laughs> in this line. Parker enters and muscles her way into the line. She's got folding chairs and a sleeping bag, and she goes to where Travis has already been waiting. And you know, she's getting told off by a bunch of people in line um, for for cutting. And she's like, "Nope, he's a friend, and friend can save a spot for a friend." And we get the the first <laughs> of a few lines from this very 
like ADR'd in angry person who just says, <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, just so like not even like a or like come on, but just full on like I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Like very in a very like drawn out, exaggerated, like sitcommy way. So yeah, we, we get the start of some uh lovely Parker and Travis interaction. And um, you know, Lily as the the gang are chatting um off air, she's like, Oh, I'm I, Travis, I feel so bad. I hope he's not like struggling to make conversation. And we see it's like it's a little awkward and Travis yeah. is like, Well, look, that's that's Saturn right there. And Parker's like, Cool. You wanna play the sneezing game? <laughs> <laughs> I start sneezing and we both guess how long it takes before somebody says something. Couldn't we just play twenty questions? Looks kinda like a mellow line. I'm gonna go with five. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, ten. And she's like, I like your style. And she starts sneezing. She sneezes five times, and then the same person who said, I hate you, just goes, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Can you imagine if you heard somebody sneezing a bunch of times, and you just got so just go angry, off. so upset? Oh, man. I had a teacher in high school who sneezed in sets of eight, so she would either sneeze eight times or 16 times. Oh, God. <laughs> So whoever's in this line would hate her. Oh, no. But we get, you know, a little bit more um, interaction. They they do try to play 20 questions, which might be a little bit more normal than the sneezing game. And Parker's like, well, have your birthday, have any of your birthday wishes ever come true? And Travis is like, this isn't how you play 20 questions. She's like, it is how I play it. And <laughs> Travis says, well, you know, I, I wish that my parents would live in one place for more than a year. And so far, you know, that's coming true with Roscoe. Because, of course, Travis is used to moving around all the time. Yeah. And he really just wants to set some roots. Aww. And then he asks Parker if any of her wishes have ever come true. And she's like, no, but I'm holding out hope. And her her wish is like that perfect kiss like you see in the movies, <laughs> which is like very sweet. But then she's like, like Sleeping Beauty. Except instead of waking up when it's over, I'm taller and I know another language. <clears throat> you know what we need? Some chocolate pudding. <laughs> I love her so much. She's just, she's she's so weird and so good and so Parker. I love the differing weirdnesses of Travis and Parker. Like, Travis is considered the weird kid because he has very erudite interests and things like that. And Parker's just chaos energy. <laughs> so great. <laughs> You know, Sammy, I I don't know that I'd ever heard you say the word erudite before this podcast, and then somebody said it once in an episode, and you've used the word erudite a lot across this podcast. Have I? Oh no! Yes. <laughs> oh god! I actually know this. That actually sounds familiar. I remember months and months ago, I used to use erudite a lot. I feel like it's been a few episodes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> It's the epitome of words to use. <laughs> Robbie manages to sneak away the time capsule and is kind of having a little nap with it. He's got it kind of cuddled up close. And Ray and Lily try and like, they manage to sneak it away from him. And Robbie's like scandalized. He's like, guys, we said we wouldn't open it. And Lily opens the box and there's a little purple envelope. She's like, oh, the secrets that we all wrote down to, to keep for 10 years. She's like, oh, I guess we're going to find out what they are on air. He's like, that's gonna go well. So we get the like, you know, on air shady revealing these secrets. Um, oh, she damn. opens Ray's first, and Ray's is just that he was the one who farted. So <laughs> that's such a Ray thing to write. It's, it's such a Ray thing. But then Ray's like, "All right, let's let's see what you you wrote." Question mark. 
and she takes Robbie's and then she kind of like looks at both of them and then shoves it in his mouth. <laughs> just fucking eats it. It's a very good bit. So apparently Robbie has written something very revealing for the two of them and they can't let Lily know what it was. So um, they like very quickly try to like, you know, detour and, um, you know, they're like, how about we do some truth trivia? And they uh, start chatting on the radio and they turn the music back up and Lily's frustrated with both of them hiding something from her. So she goes to Travis's booth and uh, yeah, but then we pop Uh back over to Parker and Travis and they have another in in like the never ending games. There's a new game every time that we go over to the two of them. And uh, Parker says, let's play the lying game. And they both tell like, initially they both tell just like goofy, stupid lies about themselves. Parker's like, I've got to nose my belly button. And then it kind of like shifts and Parker's like, you are incredibly ugly. And they kind of go back and forth like that until (laughs) Travis, Travis very stupidly goes, you are not nearly as pretty as Lily, which like, it's it's so stupid. Like, yeah. like A, like him trying to compliment her in that way, but B, like Lily's his best friend. <laughs> He's just like, she's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, so weird. Bad. It's so weird. And Parker immediately is like, wow, I love that when we're together, you bring up Lily like that. It's so cool that you're just talking about your ex right now. Travis is all up and he's like, well, you don't even understand the rules of your stupid game. And. <laughs> Parker looks so sad. And she's like, I'm going to go blow up my beach ball. Which, like, why, oh, why does she have Travis. a beach ball? Why does she have a beach <laughs> ball? Because <laughs> it's Parker. <laughs> yeah, it's four in the morning. Perfect time to blow morning. up my beach ball. Uh, back at the station, Lily's having a little snooze because it is four in the morning. And Robbie and Ray are kind of chatting about this this secret. And Robbie's like, you know what, Ray? I know I was the one who said we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be looking at the time capsule. But, um, you know, I feel bad keeping this from Lily. It's it's not fair to her, and it's not fair to Winston Harrington. And that's when Lily kind of wakes up and is like, that's not fair to Winston Harrington. It turns out Winston Harrington is her hamster, so it's some sort of secret related to her hamster. Um, and Lily reveals that she wouldn't let Robbie and Ray play with her hamster because they were always breaking shit. But she did have a little song that she would sing to her hamster. So we get Lily singing this song about her hamster and it kind of blends with a flashback of tiny lily singing the song i like the way you spin your wheel i like the way that your fuzz feels i like all the hamster things you say i like you so more cute. every day it's, it's a really like sweet little song um i like it a lot we go back to parker and travis Hanging out in the line, listening to RFR, and Parker's like, is it me or is Shady singing about a hamster? And, you know, they they kind of get back on good terms. And then mm-hmm. Parker's like, let's play Truth or Truth. And she says that she usually, you know, she finds herself feeling jealous of Lily a lot of the time. She's really pretty. And for a while, she had Travis. Ooh. And she was kind of glad that it didn't work out between them. And Travis is like, wow, well... I'm really glad I'm getting to know you tonight. And Parker's like, what the hell? <laughs> like it's, she she just said this very like revealing vulnerable thing. And Travis was really vague. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm getting to know you and appreciating your honesty, but you should know that I like to take things slow. And she's like, I didn't realize there was a speed limit on getting to know someone. So there's like this kind of constant tension between the two of them of it being very obvious that they like each other, 
but neither of them really knowing how to handle it. It's it is funny to see Travis going from last episode being like Parker love me to like now he's like oh no I've got to be cool and calm and collected Travis <laughs> yeah yeah and Parker I mean like we don't know how Parker was feeling in the last episode we didn't really get her perspective but just kind of like being weirded out by how intense Travis was and now like being very open about the fact that she likes him yeah. It's like, all right, buddy, <laughs> I'm I'm on board. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've got some uh, Parker and Travis tension and um, potentially the reveal of Robbie and Ray's hamster secret coming in the second half. So for this week's CanCon commercial break, we are looking at Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase, we're moving. We're beating Hacker at his game. Don't tell me that he's trying to hack. So Cyber Chase initially aired from 2002 to present. What? And that was like a big pull of why I wanted to talk about this one specifically, because it is still on the air. It has gone on hiatus a few times, but wow, the most recent uh, season started airing in 2019. So really, really, uh, you know, uh, long stretch for this one. So it's produced by Nelvana, Title Entertainment, WNet, which is branded on air as 13, and Flying Minds Entertainment. Just to delve into um, Title Entertainment, because that's not one I've heard of before, um, some of their other works include Suma Mouse, Mr. Moon, and Alice and Bob in Wonderland, none of which I've ever heard of before. Um, <laughs> they've also forayed into drama series. And they worked on a show called Hard Rock Medical. Um, and I just want to read the synopsis of this. Set in a fictitious medical school in northern Ontario, Hard Rock Medical takes viewers into the hearts, minds, and souls of a group of med students whose teachers attempt to educate them and to persuade them to stay in the north once they've become doctors. For a northern doctor whose patients are often spread across a far-flung and isolated communities, practicing medicine here can be a cold, lonely, and sometimes impossible mission that demands more of these neophyte students than humanity and good bedside manner alone could sustain. Which I just think is really cool as a yeah. premise for a drama. Talking Holy about shit. what it's like in Northern Ontario where you're yeah. kind of really isolated from people. Totally. Like, that's that's super interesting, actually. So, I mean, I, I don't know about your children's media title entertainment, but that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so going back to Cyber Chase, the show is created by Sandra Shepard. I've got some excerpts from a 2019 interview with her in Thrive Global. She says, when I graduated from Duke University with a degree in economics and fine arts, I did not expect to end up in public television, but an internship in my early 20s and a fantastic female mentor paved the way for my career as an executive producer. Producing is a highly creative and collaborative process, and at 13, we're committed to providing our audiences with quality storytelling that entertains and enlightens. Early on, I traveled the country producing educational documentaries and observing diverse children's approaches to learning in media. As a mother of young children, I also understood firsthand the power of public media to educate, so I formed a new children's media unit at the station. Our mission is simple. Create educational video and digital gaming content that opens minds, ignites curiosity, and treats children as young citizens of the world. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Over the past decade, I've been lucky to work with talented educators, writers, directors, animators, and actors on iconic and popular PBS kids series, including Cyber Chase, Math and Problem Solving. Angelina Ballerina, The Next Steps, Music and Dance, Thomas and Friends, Friendship and Teen Work, Oh Noah, Spanish Language Learning, and many more. 
I'm currently working with a book author and illustrator on a delightful new preschool project that celebrates growing up with comedic and heartwarming storytelling. So really cool, Sandra. Really cool. Gotta love when like, you know, TV execs or anybody in charge of creating children's media comes at it from a perspective of let's treat kids like, you know, intelligent young people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So the show was developed by Joseph Kwong, George Arthur Bloom, and Kristen Laskus Martin. So Joseph Kwong has writing credits for things like, and this is like a, a quite a, <laughs> quite a diverse spread, Sly Cooper and the Thievist Raccoonus, Nims nice. Island, the film Nims Island, and Happy Tree Friends, Volume 1, First Blood. <laughs> so Jesus versatility, Christ. we love to see it. Um, Kristen Laskus Martin also worked on Magic School Bus, but I, I really, I'm really interested by George Arthur Bloom's career because <laughs> it, no, it's just like such an interesting, <laughs> like duality to it. <laughs> so his first writing credit was for the Dean Martin Summer Show, and what? he continued as a writer on Don Knotts' Nice, Clean, Decent, Wholesome Hour, the new Dick Van Dyke <laughs> Show, the Julie Andrews Hour. At least five of Dean Martin's celebrity roasts, uh, Cher, wow. Cher's TV show, and the Billy Crystal Comedy Hour. So, like, really got to start working writing for these kind of variety shows, and then took took a, a switch, you know, took a little turn for the My Little Pony, um, and started <laughs> writing. He's got credits on My Little Pony shorts, My Little Pony the movie, My Little Pony and Friends, and My Little Pony Tales. So, you know, love <laughs> love it. Love it, I really want to see a Dean Martin-inspired My Little Pony character. <laughs> and closing out the crew, surprise, it's executive producer Michael Hirsch. <laughs> He's here too. So a bit about the show, um, according to the Wikipedia synopsis, when three ordinary kids, Jackie, Matt, and Inez, accidentally allow the hacker access to Motherboard, the supreme ruler of cyberspace, she becomes severely weakened by a virus from hacker. The kids are brought into cyberspace and join forces with Digit in an effort to protect the world from the hacker and his clumsy, semi-intelligent assistants, Buzz and Delete, until they can recover the encryptor chip, a device stolen by hacker that can nullify the virus and bring Motherboard back to full strength. So I semi-intelligent mean? <laughs> <laughs> but immediately very, like, reboot vibes. Like, let's, yeah. let's use that computer speak. Love it. This was one that I never watched, but I didn't remember seeing clips of. I remembered it being on PBS around the time that, you know, Arthur was on. But a couple of things that I didn't realize were part of it. Uh, first being Cyber Chase for Real, which were uh, segments that concluded every Cyber Chase episode. They are live action, uh, though some animation is possible, as such as the use of pixelation uh, animation. Um, and they primarily feature um, Bianca, Harry, Courtney, and Jaden, real-life people, who demonstrate how the math learned in the episode can be used in a real-life situation. That's very, cool. Really cool and fun. And then there's also CyberChase Online, the CyberChase website, located at pbskids.org slash CyberChase. It has often been positioned as a continuation of the on-air series, and much of the original content is directly inspired by individual episodes of the show. Cyberchase Online hosts supplementary games and activities and lets viewers watch full Cyberchase episodes, Cyberchase for Real segments, and minisodes. So it's like, it's a pretty rad website. Like, looking at it, they've still got, you know, active activities. And it's like a whole, a whole bunch of stuff, you know? There's like little, like, board and buster kind of things. There's like recipes for making, like, kind of Play-Doh. There's little games. There's Halloween masks. 
Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember being on the PBS Kids uh, website as a kid and playing like the, the Arthur games and the Zoom games. So very cool oh, to see. Oh, the Arthur games. Stuff like this. So going into the cast, you know, we mentioned the main three characters, Jackie, Inez, and Matt. So Jackie is voiced by Novi Edwards, um, a name we've heard before in series like 16, Girl Stop, Boy Stuff, Delilah and Julius, has also worked on Total Drama, and more recently was in series like Mrs. America and Working Moms. We've got Annick Obonsawin as Inez. Um, again, uh, titles that we've heard before, Little Bear, Angela Anaconda, Franklin, Total Drama, more recently, Hotel Transylvania, the series, and Bakugan Battle Planet. And then Jacqueline Pilon as Matt, who has also worked on System Crash, and one that we've talked about but have never done a full segment on, uh, Canadian classic Heartland, the the horse Heartland. series. So those are your kind of main characters. But then also you've got in, <laughs> in main roles of the series, Christopher Lloyd and Gilbert Gottfried? What? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. In, like, like some, to this day? Yeah. Like prominent wow. roles. Um, and then I just saw this blurb, which I enjoyed. Cyber Chase has had many guest stars over the years, including Jasmine Guy, Tony Hawk, and Al Roker. What was it with Al Roker being in kids' cartoons? <laughs> you remember he was in like two episodes of The Proud Family? Oh, yeah. What do kids know about Al Roker? Why is he there? <laughs> As himself. <laughs> just a weird one so going into the fandom for cyber chase the first thing that i found was a deviant art space called cyber chase dash fandom the uh, opening line in the group rules and information section says you know there has never never been a group that is dedicated to the pbs cartoon show cyber chase so <laughs> this groundbreakers i I guess this this was where it all started was this deviant art <laughs> space that is largely uh, debunked. <laughs> like all of the art is from inactive uh, users at this point. But I will mm -hmm. say, I there there is in fact a, a pretty large fan base across Reddit and across Tumblr. We've got some uh, pretty prominent stuff here. There is the uh, r slash cyberchase subreddit um, where somebody has also linked to a fan Discord channel. Amazing. And also one of my favorite posts that just says, my face when no one remembers that today is Cyber Chase's 17th anniversary. And it's one of the <laughs> characters looking bad. <laughs> like that's like, it's like marked in your calendar. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is the most active Tumblr tag that I've seen throughout this whole process. I scrolled for a very long time with no end in sight. Just full of fan art. Just tons of fan art. And none of it upsetting. So uh, good on That's you nice. for, for not being good. creepy. Um, a couple of uh, excerpts, a couple of posts that I liked. This one says, okay, this is completely random to think about or even talk about. But I'd honestly sell my soul for a cartoon or even an anime that's basically an older version of Cyber Chase. Either medium would work for me, really. And the rest of this post is just them explaining exactly how they see this series going. Oh. Does it have a character named Ronnie in it? <laughs> There's no Ronnie. There's oh, no Ronnie. No but Ronnie. I I just I love the thought of a, a cyber chase of a PBS anime, really. Seems <laughs> seems pretty wild. But their idea is like, you know, you just do this with more advanced math and you talk about like algebra and like trigonometry and all of this stuff. Which is fun. 
uh, they've put a lot of thought into this. This one I enjoy just because I can't make any sense of it. It's like the very old meme format of it being like a motivational poster and it's two characters looking at each other and the main text says, LMAO, senpai. And the text underneath it says, (laughs) I'm wheezing by this point. So that's the image itself. And then the person who posted it (laughs) commented and said, found and is funny. (laughs) And is funny. (laughs) I can't make sense of any of this. Of what this is going for. Oh, but I just really I enjoy seen, it. I haven't seen that style of meme in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. this is like a very like oh, wow. 2008 meme format. Yeah. I'm wheezing by this point. I also like the one next to it that's just, bitch, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> bitch, I don't give a fuck. Oh, this is bizarre. Wow. And then also through the Tumblr tag, I found a post uh, that says, so there's this website where you can put different characters to fight in the Hunger Games, and this is how it turned out. And it's just, they just took a bunch of like random cartoon characters and put them through a Hunger Games generator, including the Cyber Chase kids. <laughs> so there's another piece of the internet I didn't know existed. Um, just throw some people in the Hunger Games, see what happens. <laughs> Maybe one of my favorite things that I found while looking into the Cyber Chase fandom comes from uh, the Gigaverse fandom wiki. And this is a post called For Cyber Chase Fans Who's Also SpongeBob Haters. Oh, I didn't know there was beef. If you are a fan of Cyber Chase and was once in SpongeBob fan until 2005, <laughs> face the fact you saw how SpongeBob SquarePants is unwatchable nowadays. I suggest I that you should ask for and spell that will suggest that the kids should replace his SpongeBob SquarePants with Cyber Chase. All ideas is to have Cyber Chase replace his SpongeBob SquarePants in popularity, which will give Cyber Chase the chances to become more famous than ever before. If you think Cyber Chase deserves to be more popular than SpongeBob SquarePants, you are welcome to become a part of this fans project. And then the next section of this page says, spell to transforms the SpongeBob fans into (gasps) Cyber Chase fans. (laughs) Please use this spell to help the kids, the fandom, the fan base, the watchers, and the fans get their minds off SpongeBob SquarePants and become more and more interested in PBS kids series Cyber Chase. And then there's a link to (laughs) luckyhoodoo.com for the spell. I didn't think we'd ever find a spell looking <laughs> You You Can't have the power to transform the SpongeBob SquarePants fans <laughs> into Cyber Chase fans. The SpongeBob SquarePants fan base into the Cyber Chase fan base. The SpongeBob SquarePants fandom into the Cyber Chase fandom or the SpongeBob SquarePants watchers into the Cyber Chase watchers. Oh my god. Please use the Altar of Retribution or Hi John the Conqueror altar candle to make the kids, the fan base, the fandom, the fans, and the watchers ditch SpongeBob SquarePants for Cyber Chase. Wait, what's the altar of retribution? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. You must you must swear fealty to Cyber Chase at the altar of retribution. God, I was I was so close to getting the spell completed, just couldn't find the altar of retribution, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> Um, and then the the last section of this page is called Hacker's Remedy to Deals with the SpongeBob SquarePants fandom who's bad-mouthing others. Yeah. If anyone from the SpongeBob SquarePants fandom ever been a jerk to you over the post-movie episodes, you need to bind or punish them. 
you should also punish the SpongeBob SquarePants fandom for defying the wishes of Steven Hillenburg, whose wishes to see the series ended after season three. Please use the altar of retribution at the candle site to punish the fandom. Oh my god. Like, you're not wrong about the quality of Spongebob, but do we need to bring in an altar of retribution? (laughs) I will say, I'm assuming it's the same person, but there is also uh, a post about using uh, spells against Spongebob in the PBS Kids fandom wiki. Oh, Lord. Wow. Just just an absolutely wild thing. Um, The last thing that I have to talk about fandom related, you know, I'm going through the cyber chase tag on Wattpad. Just scrolling through. Nothing, nothing suspect, nothing too creepy. <laughs> and then I come across uh, this piece uh, by an author named Anna Christine Likeleader. Um, and I'll just read you the, the description of it. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> no one loves a school shooting. <laughs> They're always scary and come unexpected at one point or another. But when there's a school shooting one day and Junior and Robin are both caught in the middle of it, it's up to the Christian guardians and the Equestria girls to work together and save the students before it's too late. Oh my god. Who are the Christian guardians? (laughs) I don't know. I've been trying to make sense of that and how Cyber Chase fits into it. But from what I can tell, it's just they've, they've thrown together a bunch of cartoon characters into this universe and have written a few stories in this universe that they've created. But I can tell you the tags on this story are as follows. Anguish, comfort, crossover, cyber chase, Equestria girls, friendship, hurt, planes, <laughs> South Park, and Veggie Tales. Oh, Lord. Oh, the creativity of the brains. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what to do with that, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever if you've ever wanted to read a My Little Pony VeggieTales Cyber Chase South Park crossover about a school shooting, it's out there. It sure is out there. This makes me think of that fanfic that you found Timothy Goes to School Processing 9-11. Who's oh. <laughs> writing these things? Oh, um man. I did find one Cyber Chase related petition. It's called Help Cyber Chase to Finally Have a Conclusion. Cyberchase is one of the most outstanding educational programs I've ever watched, and it's something I've grown up with since I was a child, as growing up works. Um, however, <laughs> when I saw... <laughs> Sorry. He's <laughs> a good fit. <laughs> however, when I saw many of the latest episodes, I've discovered that the series has jumped the shark. It no longer has enough compelling storylines, focuses too much on environmentalism, and the series oh. no longer carries the original appeal it had in the old days for a wide range of audiences. The villainous hacker also got reduced to that of a mere mischief maker, no longer being the threatening tyrant he was in the classic episodes. With how long the show's been going on, I can't help but wonder when Motherboard is ever going to be cured of her virus. This is why I believe the show team behind Cyberchase needs to come up with a conclusion to end the series. Since it's become clear that they've run out of great ideas, it's time they bring the show to an end by having the heroes find a cure for Motherboard's virus and defeating Hacker once and for all. I myself have come up with many ideas for how the series can conclude by building summaries of them to make stories off of, but I'm not sure that they'll take them. I hope that this petition can convince them to end Cyberchase. 
<laughs> After all, every show and film series has an end. And by the looks of it, Cyberchase has run its course and needs to conclude. Well, I really hope that the creators of this show look at the 12 signatures on this petition <laughs> and say, oh, fuck, guys. <laughs> oh, damn, we gotta end the show. We gotta I do also- it. Just like, hey, buddy, you want to talk about shows jumping the shark? I think there's a spellcaster you need to talk to. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, um, I I did a quick cursory look for uh, Cyber Chase merch. The first place I ended up was Redbubble, where there is Motherboard, but she's on a brat stall, and the Cyber Chase logo has been modified to say Cyber Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Um, but, but you know, minimal merch there. I will say for the second time, I've come across my favorite shirt that exists on Redbubble, which is the skewed picture of George Shrinks that says a man named George Shrinks who is 10 years old and two inches tall. Oh, I didn't know George Shrinks was going to give us so much. I didn't know so he was going to come back, but there he was. But there is actual official Cyber Chase merch on the PBS Kids uh, website, which you can get personalized. There's like uh, baseball style t-shirts, drawstring bags, lunch bags, and pencil cases that you can get personalized, have your name on them. So I think cool. that's pretty cute. Um, and there were some DVDs released of the show, but I think you can find a fair bit of it online. So just wrapping up with some reviews for the show. This one says, kids love it. My seven and two year olds love the show. I don't know why it's rated iffy for two-year-olds, except that they may not understand all of the content. That may make it a waste of time that they could better spend reading or doing something else, but it does not make it iffy. It is never scary, violent, or inappropriate. It is a show that these two age groups can enjoy together, and you can feel good about having them watch. If you are going to allow your children to watch TV, this is a great choice. Oh, that's nice. This one is called Educational TV. Great show for either introducing or reinforcing math concepts and working together as a team. Younger kids might like it as well. The Real World 5 or so mins is great at illustrating how math works in life. So disappointed it's not on the Amazon Prime app as Cyberchase is on at 6am here. Otherwise, Hacker, the main villain, calls his sidekick's names almost every app. This I could do without, but does show how you shouldn't talk to your teammates. This one, uh, titled in all caps, I guess education can be fun! <laughs> Before I had cable, I was stuck watching the show, and it turns out that I was really into it. It made math exciting and fun. It is a great educational show for kids with only very mild cartoon violence. And then finally, um, this review is called Hacker, and it follows one of my favorite uh, review formats. The surrealism, but yet educational purposes, are astounding. The Hacker is probably my favorite cartoon villain of all time. I mean, sure, I like the villain on Wild Kratts. I like Dark Truder on the Zula Patrol. I like all the villains on Word Girl. <laughs> I like Dr. Doof Mernses on Phineas and Ferb. I like Plankton on SpongeBob. <laughs> I like Lord Hater on Wander Over Yonder. I like Shigo on Kim Possible. Jesus Christ. I, I like Mr. Crocker and Vicky on The Fairly Odd Parents. But none of these villains compared to Hacker. Oh, damn. I love Digit the Cybird. Absolutely one of my favorite TV characters of all time. I just love that bird's personality, and he is so funny. I think I became so good at math because of Cyber Chase. I love the episodes and how Jackie, Matt, and Inez work together to solve math problems and make sure Hacker doesn't win. 
Thank, thank you for listing so many villains. <laughs> so, so in case you, you know, came to this podcast specifically to find out what this common sense media user's favorite cartoon villains are, came to the right place, my guy. I, I was waiting for them to list an antagonist from MASH or something. It's no MASH. <laughs> it's no MASH. I like Plankton on SpongeBob. I like <laughs> Negan on The Walking Dead. <laughs> But yeah, so that's Cyber Chase, a very uh, fun piece of educational kids content about math and learning math. It's been going strong for 18 years and uh, is still educating kids to this day. Lily, we messed up. But now the truth is out, we can work past it and move on. Move on? How can I ever trust you guys again? We get the spine-tingling conclusion of what Ray and Robbie did. They freaking killed her hamster. <laughs> oh no, it's so bad. Apparently, she she like went upstairs and they like wanted to play with the hamster, so they like let him out of the the cage and then like lost track of him. So we get like one of those like classic saturated um, RFR montages of you know boys. young young Ray and Robbie just like running around the basement trying to find the hamster, and then Ray steps on it. Oh, it's so bad. And kills the hamster. Like- <laughs> it's so sad it's so sad but then they hear uh lily coming downstairs singing her hamster song which makes it way more heartbreaking and then ray just kind of like go along throws it to robbie just chucks a dead hamster and robbie puts it back in the cage oh it's so bad and like present day lily is like what <laughs> and is you know understandably really upset and she's like i i don't know how i will ever trust you guys again and then once again um leaves her usual spot to go like sit alone in travis's booth and uh after after spending some time kind of like sitting and gathering her thoughts she comes back and says wait if you guys killed my hamster who's the hamster that i cuddled and loved and sang to until two years later it turns out apparently these tiny boys they they made a midnight hamster run <laughs> to this other boy's house who had a hamster and they bribed him with donuts to take his hamster. Like I'm trying to imagine. I'm trying to like, like the the parents had to be involved in that transaction because yes. it's not just like you wake up and suddenly your your child's pet is is just gone because the yeah. kid wanted donuts. Like, yeah, what what happened here? Lily's dad just, like, bringing a box of donuts and being like, give give me your child's hamster. Oh, you think Lily's dad was involved in this? I, I don't know. Like, I had assumed it was just going to be the, the two young boys. But I guess that, that, that makes more sense that a parent would have to accompany them. And not yeah. just these 10-year-olds. Just running like, through the night. No, six years. They had, like, eight-year-olds just running out while she's asleep. <laughs> yes. To another Running boy's house Roscoe. saying, hey, can we have your hamster? <laughs> For permanently. <laughs> For donuts. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I love that premise. Lily's hurt and she ends up singing a, um, an angry song about the loss of her beloved hamster. Although she'll, she'll probably come around. I mean, it's, it's sweet that the boys tried to, you know, make things right. Even if they robbed another boy of his hamster. But at least he got donuts. And then we get Parker and Travis in the line again. And Parker is like kind of like half asleep. Um, but, you know, Travis asks why he why she told him to bring a pillow when she didn't bring one for herself. She's like, oh, I never actually fall asleep. And she's kind of turned facing away from him. And Travis kind of like seizes the the moment to to, you know, 
say that she's so fearless in how she she does everything and he wishes that she he could be as honest and brave as she is and for like the second time within like the last like four episodes we get this dramatic moment of travis being like i i think i'm i think i'm falling for you (laughs) (laughs) oh travis but then we hear snoring and uh parker's got her eyes closed and you know we we assume she's asleep and travis kind of like leans up on his elbow and he's like good night parker and does like this weird (laughs) thing where he kind of like just kind of like brushes against her upper arm with like his knuckles yeah, um, it's, it's and, cute. And I remember he, that moment so well. And then he lies back down, kind of like his hand, <laughs> like kind of thinking. Yeah, kind of, kind of on his forehead. Um, but then Parker opens her eyes, so we know that yeah. we, she did actually hear him confess. It's eight o'clock, everybody. So, or rather, it's seven fifty-five, and so they've got a little bit of airtime left, and uh, they're they're just about to wrap things up when they realize Lily's secret has a bit open, and Lily takes it and attempts to eat it but spits it out because it tastes bad. <laughs> and it turns out her secret is that um, when the boys were changing into her pajamas, apparently before they actually put their pajamas on, they had a pillow fight in their underwear. And <laughs> Lily coming um, downstairs again uh, brought her Polaroid camera and took a picture of the two of them fighting in their underwear. <laughs> So all the secrets have been revealed. It seems like the three friends have have patched things up after after a very long night. You know, watching this makes me think of I used to do all night laser quests where you'd get like locked in at like ten at night and you'd be going until six in the morning and just that feeling of extreme fatigue. In our in our last bit in the lineup, Parker and Travis are kind of groggily sort of getting up and they almost kiss. They, yeah. they talk about how every line has an ending and they're like, oh, how's this one going to end? They almost kiss, but then it's like, all right, everybody, time to get your tickets. And nobody's respecting the line. Yeah, yeah. So we see like the two of them kind of shuffle up from their spot. Everybody that was like behind them in line is kind of shuffling their way into Mickey's. What like, what point? was what was the point of the line? What was the point of the Why line? Why were we here? Why were we here? It was an, a question. an absolute mess. Now that the uh, time capsule is empty, they're like, oh, no, no, I don't know what to do. It's kind of sad. And Robbie, who had been recording this whole session, says, hey, let's let's put this in here and puts in a CD of the time capsule, but then grabs and he's like, I get to keep it this time. <laughs> I am the timekeeper. I decide. <laughs> I am powerful. <laughs> so uh, Lily and Ray just kind of laugh and watch him run off. And then we get one final uh, closing scene of the gang meeting up again in the hallway, the three of them you know, just talking about how exhausted they were and, and Ray makes a joke about him hibernating after he uh, he got home. And they meet up with Parker and Travis who give them their tickets and Lily's like, oh, looks like you two are getting along. You know, how how was the, the line? What's new? And they're like, hey, you know, nothing, nothing to report. And Parker and Travis walk off and the three of them, you know, kind of kind of confused and kind of, you know, sensing that something is up. On. Watch the, the two of them as they walk in slowly they just like grab each other's hands and they're just holding hands walking down the hallway and it's very cute it's very cute i'm always here for parker and travis yes oh it's really sweet this this boy that you know was so easy to roast at the beginning of the episode it's so sweet to to see him grow and open up and find 
Parker, and it's so it's so good. <laughs> so that's the all nighter, a super fun episode, one of the ones that I remember uh, the the clearest. I mean, we get like a really fun, you know, dive into uh, Robbie and Ray and Lily's friendship before the show, because I mean, we they'd been best friends for ages, so it's fun to see them actually growing mm-hmm. up together and them talking about that. And then some really solid Parker and Travis scenes. Super, super fun. And, you know, we always love more Parker. So just yes. an absolute delight to see her shining in this one. Oh, but yeah. I'll be honest. I I can think of very few things that I would be willing to wait in that line for. Yeah. No, it's true. Not like, even because I, I, I like, wouldn't want to stay up. Like, I'm, I'm down to, like, stay up all night chatting with friends. But I get cold so easy. Yeah, get so like, chilly. Oh, it would have to be like, like in the middle of the southwestern Ontario summer for that to be bearable for that long. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I don't know how many sneezes I could commit to doing for the bit. <laughs> I yeah, I've never like I am way too socially anxious to ever do any of those like those those kind of games. Like there's oh. like like things like the penis game where it's like, well, let's see your penis really loudly because it's funny. <laughs> if I am if I'm in like a, a grocery store and somebody like, you know, if I'm with someone and they call by name from like the other end of the aisle, I immediately want to die just from that yeah. amount of attention. Yes. I don't want yes. any of it. No, no thanks. Do do not look, I'm an illusion. I was I am an here. illusion. <laughs> So over in Mickey's discs for this episode, we've got Radio Unfriendly by the Yoko Cassianos, Not Ready to Go by the Trues, Confessions by the Trues, Maybe Someday by Avery, and All Over Town by Beautiful 2000. So we're still bi- building up to our Trues episode, so there's Trues truths coming, but not yet. Um, but I am going to talk about All Over Town by Beautiful 2000, which is a really, really pretty song that plays over our last moment, says... Travis and Parker finally find their way to each other. So cute. Um, It's hard to find anything about Beautiful 2000. I did find a bit of info on raisedoncanadianradio.blogspot.com. Uh, Beautiful 2000 were a Toronto band that released their first EP in 1998. They were featured in CFNY's New Rock Search that year. The trio was comprised of brothers Mark and Danny Stapleford, as well as Mez Delorio. Their EP caught the attention of Jay Ferguson from the band Sloan. That connection enabled the band to open for Sloan during their university tour. So Oliver Town is from Midnight Sun, their 2003 album, which appears to be their last album. I actually found when I was looking for stuff about Beautiful 2000, I found a review of this album from uh, the January 2004 issue of the Dalhousie Gazette, (laughs) so the student paper of Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia. According to Beautiful 2000, their name represents a positive outlook for our generation, imagery of hope for the future. This is quite interesting because the meaning of their name is completely in line with the aesthetics of this record. Midnight Suns, uh, Midnight Sun is a spirited and scrumptious pop rock album with bright melodies and hooks that have the ability to catch anyone's ear. There are some edgier vocals and guitar in there, especially in the first single, You, but for the most part, it's full of optimistic subject matter and music, largely contemplating and expressing life's shortcomings and hope for the future. 
Beautiful 2000 brings to mind other Canadian artists, Brian Adams and Sloan. If you are not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook who they're looking forward to and their growth in the future. That review is by Lindsay Dobbin. And unfortunately, there wasn't much more of a future for Beautiful 2000 because they don't appear to be active. show, what you think of our show, what you think of any of the weird Canadian stuff we've talked about. It's a lot of fun to share. Um, so yeah, send us a note. We'd be happy to hear from you. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off.